everybody. Welcome to season three, episode eight of the Cycle Podcast with me, your host, Melissa. On today's show, I chat with Lauren from the UK, who was actually ignored. She's been laughed at and misdiagnosed with PCOS. When we recorded this episode, she was waiting to have a surgical procedure. Everything was delayed due to COVID-19. Now the episode is going live. She has actually been able to have surgery and she is recovering now and doing very well. Thank you, Lauren, so much for being on the show. And if this episode or any of the shows provide you value, please share with anyone that you think may have endometriosis. Thank you again so much for being here, for listening and supporting the show. Let's jump in to Lauren's story. On today's episode, I have a very special guest from the UK. I'm talking with Lauren. And of course, when I always talk to people from across the pond, I really love their accents. And I'm so grateful because they are coming on usually in the very early morning or in the late evening because of the time difference. So Lauren, she's from the UK, from Hampshire. Thank you so much for being here with us. She's 29 and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself before we jump in. Hi, thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, I'm Lauren. I yeah live on the south coast of the UK, and I am married, and I have a little cat. So, yeah, me and my husband and our little kitty. So that's our little family. <laughs> nice, nice, and <laughs> and she's in the UK, so they've been pretty locked down throughout the past year, really. Yeah, yeah, it's been a yeah. year now. For sure, for sure. And my pronouns are she, her, and I know I already said she for you, but I just wanted to confirm your pronouns too, Lauren, please. Yeah, she, her. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we're going to start to chat about your endo story. And as I always like to, you know, start it off with is, do you remember when you started your first period cycle? And was it painful? Yeah, so I remember distinctly my first period. I was 11. I was out shopping with my entire family wearing white jeans. And of course, <laughs> it of was course. Yeah. Oh. Um, and yeah, it was pretty heavy from the get go um, and pretty painful. But I kind of, yeah, thought that was how it was for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's that's common in the beginning. It, mm. it just seems like that's for everybody. So throughout like from 11 through middle school, or I, I'm not really sure. I think you guys still call it middle school too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you just get on month by month and, and did you take, did you miss school? Did you take anything to help alleviate the pain? Were you using a heating pad? Did you talk to anyone about it? So um, I... Yeah, it was really, really heavy. Um, and I just remember, um, I must have been about 12 or 13, bleeding for like, I remember like 13 days, my mum took me to the doctor yeah. and I bled like all over this mattress and it would just go on like that. Like I would wear these like jumbo pads yeah. and I would bleed through everything and um my mum had really heavy periods so I thought well this is kind of how it's supposed to be yeah and um yeah 
so I just used to use like hot water bottles and take painkillers but I, I didn't really miss a lot of school okay but I just remember being exhausted like mm-hmm. absolutely exhausted constantly yeah yeah for sure I mean especially if your cycle was lasting almost two weeks mm, yeah and I was like anemic and yeah. constantly at the doctors because I was getting like the leg pains um and my mum is just like oh I don't know what's wrong with her like maybe she's lazy <laughs> um like that's why her legs hurt all the time she doesn't want to walk anywhere right. um but it was just like the start of all of all of that what did your when you were going to the doctor did they have anything to offer or were they just saying like you were anemic and yeah so they were like I remember them saying you know she's anemic put me on iron supplements and then it was well it's just her hormones and then it got to it was just really dismissive um and it got to when I was about 14 like yeah it must have been 14 and they were like let's put her on the pill um so that was kind of my treat right um, so at 14 next, yeah for the next 11 years yeah so how did you do on the pill for those 11 years well not very well um I kind of had a reprieve I guess for like until I was about 19 um and then it got like I I couldn't ignore it anymore um so it kind of got a lot better and then you know I had these GI symptoms that a lot of women get with endo and I was told it's IBS and just deal with it basically um and then 19 I was in and out of A&E I would just have this excruciating pain um and yeah, I just couldn't ignore it any longer. So I insisted on on a referral to a gynecologist. And with the gastro kind of GI symptoms, what were some of those symptoms? So I would go between diarrhea and um, constipation. And like, there was a really long period where I would just go to the loo like once a week, maybe. and that was like normal like I thought that was normal and then yeah it went it kind of went between the two extremes and um yeah it was really bad really like uncomfortable and I was having all this pain and of course it was largely endo but you know nobody wanted to really explore it I don't think yeah so you got this they told you oh we think you have IBS you're having these heavy cycles and then you asked to go see a gynecologist. At this point, did you know what endo was? Did you, why were you asking to go to a gynecologist? Did you think it was all related or how did you get to that point? So my sister has um, PCOS. Um, So my mom was like, you know, maybe there's something not quite right here. Um, My husband, well, he was my boyfriend then, um, was like, this isn't normal. I was having bleeding after sex, um, sex was painful. And I just thought this isn't right. And, yeah. you know, having to end up in A and E time and time again, and they would just say, nothing's wrong. Um, they'd take, they do blood tests and they'd just say, no, you're fine. Go home. And that was it. 
Were you going to A&E mostly around your cycle? Was that when things were the worst or was it, was it at this point, were you starting to feel sick just kind of all the time? Yeah, it was kind of like all the time. Um, and it seemed like there was no rhyme or reason. I had the really bad periods in terms of like pain and bloating and yeah. that kind of thing. But the pain was just kind of really intermittent. Mm-hmm. And re- it was like a really severe and sudden onset of pain that I would get. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you ask to go see a guy now and what happens? Mm-hmm. So um, I had, so in the UK, you don't always have a consultation with the person that's going to do the surgery. Um, I I don't remember too much about the consultation, but my husband, I called my husband afterwards and I was like, oh my God, they said that I could have endometriosis. And I had obviously like quickly Googled it and been like, oh my God. Um, And because being a mum has like been my number one goal in life like ever since I can remember so I was like oh my god this must mean that you know this is going to be really difficult for me and anyway I had the um I think the consultation itself was quite good but I had the surgery and I had the most bizarre follow-up appointment with this um surgeon who said basically I was discharged without a follow-up um and I went back to my GP and I was like what is going on nobody's told me anything um I need to know like what happened um what they found and so my GP got the notes and said um the surgery notes and said you've got polycystic ovaries um so we need to refer you back um to see to have a follow-up and I had a follow-up and my husband came in with me and I was just completely like fobbed off and they said no you don't have polycystic ovaries and I was like I have the notes like right what is going on and this woman was just so dismissive and the one thing that I remember she said to me was you're fine you'll go on and you can have 10 children and although becoming a mum has been important to me that I'm not a breeding machine like there's right. more to it like right. I want to actually have a life worth living and a you know relatively healthy life and right now I'm not and you're fobbing me off and that's kind of how it went so they didn't say anything about endometriosis after that surgery it was just polycystic ovaries and then basically told you you didn't have that yeah yeah so I left like my husband and I both left and he's like the most level-headed intelligent person (laughs) I've ever met and we both left and he was like I don't know what happened in there like that was just so weird so confusing and that was it and we were kind of well obviously they they said there's nothing basically so how old were you now when that happened I was 19 that was still when you were 19 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm so sorry that that happened. I just, <laughs> okay. and I know it's very frustrating to hear. Mm-hmm. So what happened after that? So do you just kind of, ex- at this point, like, do you accept it? Or are you like, no, I need to find someone else? 
No, um, in the NHS, that's really hard to do. Um, yeah. I feel like it's really difficult to ask for a second opinion and it's quite hard to get a referral, I have found. Might not no, be I've heard. Everybody. I've I've heard that. I mean, obviously, I'm in the states, so I don't know, but I I have heard that from many people. Yeah. 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 So, I didn't ask for a second opinion. Um, I just thought, well, obviously, everything must be okay, um, and so I just kind of tried to carry on as normal. But there were still these trips to A and E, like in the middle of the night, or whatever and I was just having this horrific pain um and that went on until about three years ago until I was about 26 yeah okay so yeah so you had another really seven years of going through Mm -hmm. that and then what happened at 26 so I the things just started getting really bad so I was having, my periods got heavier, they got more painful. I remember coming on my period and lying on the sofa and I said to my husband, I was like, I I can't move my legs. And I just remember this searing pain down my legs and they felt like lead. And I was just like, no, something's really wrong. I was getting like these huge, sorry to be graphic, but these huge clots. Yeah, you, we've talked about clots on here before. We've talked about everything. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I understand. Yes. And that was probably, those are very scary too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've always kind of like had clots. Yeah. But my mom also did. Um, right. And I'm kind of convinced that she had endo as well. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of thought, well, you know, that's kind of normal, but they were getting bigger and... Um, I started, so I'd have the the endo belly, so the really severe bloating. Um, and then my cycle would go from like a two-week cycle to like 50, 60 days. Um, and it was just completely all over the place. Um, Which is really hard. Like, like I, yeah. I think I want to like point out like, and I, obviously a lot of most of the people are listening probably have gone through this but I used to have like period anxiety and when you don't know when it's if it's not in a routine and you're in so much pain you don't want to be on a vacation or in a class or or anywhere where you can't be in control because you don't know how you're going to feel so I'm sure that was very hard on you and were you thinking I have endometriosis but I wasn't diagnosed or did you did you kind of think, well, maybe I don't have it because this doctor didn't find it? Well, I had taken myself off the pill about a year prior. So about 2017, I had taken myself off the pill because I thought things are really bad here. I just want to see what my body is like without any um, excess hormones and, you know, synthetic hormones. I want to see what if things get better yeah. and it just got worse. Um, yeah. So I started doing a bit of research because I was something I also don't think a lot of people talk about, but I do know that some women get with endo is like the food intolerances. Yeah. And I was getting like hives from food. Like one minute I'd be fine eating something and the next minute I'd just come out with hives. And um so I was like, something is not right. 
so I started doing more research and I'd seen that some of my symptoms had matched up with endometriosis um so I marched on down to the doctors again (laughs) yeah and um yeah that that was an interesting experience again so yeah I, I agree that the food intolerances, you know, if I, as someone who talks about endo all the time, I mean, I have an intolerance, I'm allergic to dairy, and then I cannot digest gluten, but I still, even to this day, haven't figured out, sometimes I'll eat something and I get a rash on my stomach and my legs, but other times, like, I, I think I know what it is, and then I eat it again, it doesn't happen. It's very, yeah. it's very interesting to me. Yeah. All right. So what happened? You go ahead. As I've gone on, sorry, I was just going to say, I I, like, as I've kind of learned more, it's just, you realize it's such an inflammatory response. Like you're in such a hypersensitized state um, that, yeah, these things can just send everything into overdrive, I think. I agree with you. And that's why I think like maybe sometimes a food you may not tolerate it well, but then other times maybe you do. And like you said, maybe Mm -hmm. it's like you're in a hyper inflammatory. Again, I'm not a doctor, but just based on how, what I've seen personally, it does seem like that. It's very hard Mm -hmm. to correlate. Um, I did feel a lot better when I I cut caffeine, dairy, and gluten, and it it did really help. It was very, very difficult, but I did notice I didn't feel as terrible. I mean, I still, it didn't, you know, I still was in a lot of pain. It just, it helped take the edge off a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Dairy was the big one for me as well. So yeah. 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 Okay. So you march back into the doctor, you know, something's, (laughs) you know, something's wrong. You've been doing your research. Tell us about what happened. So, um, I, went in there I had never been before we had just moved to London not so not too long before that um and it was this middle-aged man and you know I I don't get embarrassed easily so I just put it all out there and he I said you know I've been told I have polycystic ovaries my sister has polycystic ovaries and I'm just I'm in pain every day and he looked at me and he just burst out laughing and I was like what I'm trying not to swear I was like you can swear what we we love swearing on this podcast (laughs) I was like okay so that just made my blood boil Um, I mean did you just walk right I would have been like packed up my purse and just walked out but I know you have more challenges there right though because you have to get referrals you can't just walk out Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't just walk out and like find a new doctor. Right. So I was like, um, well, this isn't funny. Um, I need you to refer me right now. And he was like, no, 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 you just need to go on the pill. I was like, what I need is for you to refer me and I need you to do it now. And I was like, I'm not going on the pill. I'm not discussing it with you. I do not need a band-aid for this problem. It's not worked in the past. It's not worked it's not going to work now and I just need a referral to an expert and he did it begrudgingly can't say that word um he did it good for you because you right you had Mm -hmm. you you literally had to force it yeah and yeah and I kind of like kept it together while I was in there and as soon as I left I just like fell apart because I was like yeah 
how dare this person who you know has never experienced even a mild period right sit there and laugh at me like laugh in my face or even understand mm. hormones in the I'm sorry as much research and medical information that you know like you you unless you've been through it you don't know so have some yeah, empathy exactly. I mean you're a doctor be empathetic mm, yeah so yeah I got my referral and I saw the loveliest doctor oh um, good which you Thomas deserved Hospital in London yeah, yeah. He's great okay and so that now you're in London and what what did he say or how did your chat go with him um yeah he was just so nice so kind um we talked about everything the whole history my symptoms and he said I think you have endometriosis um but the only way we can find out is to do another laparoscopy and I was like do it (laughs) I don't care right cut me open right um and so we did it yeah and I didn't have to wait too long luckily Good, good. And what, so now, is this now, are you still 26? Are you 27? Has some time passed? So, no, it was quite quick then. Um, That's so good. I was 26, yeah. Okay. 26, okay. Yeah, yeah, 26. Okay. So that was your second surgery. And what did he find? Well, <laughs> it was an interesting one. Um, and I just wasn't expecting it. So um, I had the surgery I was super groggy and um this other doctor who had been in there in the surgery came out and he said um we found endometriosis um we found adhesions um but we did you know you were pregnant and I was like what obviously not no and um, I'd had an ectopic pregnancy that I didn't know about. Um, Did they do a pregnancy test before? I mean, I guess. I don't think they did. I don't remember them doing it, but it's really strange because a couple of weeks before the surgery, I felt off. I just felt Mm -hmm. different. And I took a pregnancy test and I didn't even tell my husband because I just always used to think I was pregnant, like, needlessly. Right. right. <laughs> so I just took a pregnancy test. It was negative. And so I just thought, oh, it's just me imagining it. And then a couple of days after that, I thought I had come on. And I was bleeding profusely. And it was like the I'd never had bleeding like it. And I know now that that was kind of me miscarrying. Um, And I remember I was in the bath and like this blood would not stop. And I said to my husband, like, what do you think it could be something different? And he was like, well, what else could it be? Like, no, no, it's, you know, it's just your periods being weird. Like they're always weird. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, And I found out afterwards, after I had, when I had my follow up, that quite often the pregnancy tests are negative because of where it is, so where the the embryo is. Okay. Um, so that's why it came up as negative. But I don't think they did one at the hospital, to be honest. Yeah, right. 
but even if they did, it sounds like it might not have shown it. Okay, yeah. so he confirmed you had endo, and then he also told you about the ectopic pregnancy, which can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, that made me really angry at first, because yeah. I was like, you know what, this GP laughed in my face, and if I hadn't insisted on a referral, you know, God knows what would have happened, because if I'd have just been left with an ectopic pregnancy, like yeah. you say, it can be so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. That, that I mean, that I mean, that just must have been a lot to wake up to. Yeah, I I didn't really process it, um, and then around the four or five day mark after surgery, I it just hit me, and I yeah. was like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, so it was like a whole process of trying to work through that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. absolutely. And this doctor was a great doctor though. And how did the follow-up, so he told you everything in the follow-up and what were your, what was his next steps? Well, that was actually just as I came around from surgery. And then they said, you know, we'll see you in a few weeks. And again, it was another doctor that did the the follow-up. It's so interesting. It's just so different. Is it just they're all in one practice and then they all just kind of share your chart? Yeah, so you have like, I don't really know the structure of it, but I know that you have like consultants and then underneath that you have registrars. And um, so I think sometimes they kind of share the clinic like Uh, time, I guess, and the patients. Okay. Um, But the woman that I saw was so lovely. And I just remember like she put her hand on my knee because I was just crying because of the, well, all of it really. Yeah. and she explained everything so the ectopic I it wasn't I wasn't very far along um and it was between my ovary and my fallopian tube so I'm really lucky I think it's like something like five percent of ectopic pregnancies don't lose a tube or an ovary and I I was really lucky that I didn't lose anything um and so they had found the endometriosis all around my pouch of Douglas. Um, and my bowel was stuck to my pelvic wall. Um, and I had a lot of adhesions. So they kind of released all of that and um, excised the endo. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And how have things been going since that? So I had about 18 months of, I just felt back to normal, like I felt the best I'd felt in years. Um, And I just felt normal. Like I had so much more energy. My periods weren't excruciating. I wasn't having to go to A&E. I could eat things without having reactions. Um, You know, I wasn't, having diarrhea one minute and then constipation the next and it was just like night and day like it was just such a difference um but that did only last for like a year 18 months um and then um over the last year probably um my symptoms have just been getting worse 
again and I think they're probably the worst they've ever been now um with some new ones added in for fun spice it up a bit oh my gosh so tell us a little bit about what those symptoms are and how you're feeling just so for people who are listening I think it really it helps sometimes to hear what the symptoms are so they can relate Mm -hmm. so the abdominal symptoms um I've had a lot of like stabbing pulling twisting burning kind of pain um and I mean previously I kind of just remember it as just being like a general all over pain in my abdomen lower abdomen but it's like these very um specific kinds of pain now um I have a lot of um what my friend likes to call javelin arms so the stabbing Pain up the rectum. Like a, a ja- did you say javelin? Like a javelin? Yeah, yeah, javelin. <laughs> um, and because I, I, I just try and laugh about as much of this as I can yeah. because I just really feel like it helps you get through it. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, but like the stabbing pain, oh my God, that's just been horrendous. Stops um, you in your tracks too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like takes your breath away. And yeah. so I get pain um when I wee I get pain before I go to the loo and during um I get um yeah that just the stabbing pain randomly um and nausea oh my god the nausea (laughs) um I find that sometimes more debilitating um than the pain itself yeah um and recently there's been some occasions where I've actually like vomited and I've never had that before but the the pain is just like insane these days I'm so sorry and I um I understand the nausea I had that really bad for a long time on and off and then consistent for like almost two years so and it's 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 hard to explain it's just like yeah it's not just a stomach ache it's just you just feel green almost like I would have to put like cold cloths on my head to try and like get it to calm down um and ginger like I ate everything I would have like ginger this ginger chews ginger tea ginger (laughs) like everything I had I was like one time I was like wow I really consume a lot of ginger because I was trying to calm everything down you know yeah yeah so what is your plan or like where are you at are you trying to see you, another doctor or how how are you kind of navigating so, right now I have a really great GP now and they've been amazing um so I contacted them and let them know um you know I've been diagnosed things are getting really bad again and um they referred me so this is kind of um like end of spring early summer last year um they referred me straight away and um I had a consultation um and I thought I was seeing a consultant and when I got to the appointment it was one of his registrars and um yeah that appointment didn't go great either yeah. <laughs> um and so I was like um no, I, I, I need to insist that I see um, the doctor that I was told I was going to see because I'd researched him and I found out that he was like 
an expert in endometriosis so I said like I I really need to see him um so I've got um they scanned me I've got an endometrioma on my left ovary okay um and so I've been on the list for a laparoscopy for almost six months now yeah because everything's obviously delayed right with COVID yeah And definitely those endometriomas or, or even just cysts in general, I would get them as well. Very, they, they also, I feel just like exacerbate the nausea. I don't know what, I don't know if it's because it like presses on, on the bowel or something, but I Mm -hmm. I do feel like every time I had a cyst, like I would already be nauseous, but it would just take it to the next level of nausea. Yeah. That's when, so my, when I'm ovulating is, when my nausea is the worst. so much worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I wish you the best to getting in soon. Are they doing elective surgeries in the UK now? So no, um, they okay. shut down theatres a while ago and I believe they were just um, doing emergencies and cancer patients um, okay. in the UK, but I believe they're hoping to reopen surgeries um and my doctor had already contacted um the consultant to say you know my symptoms had worsened even since I had my consultation um and they they've kind of like said that they'll put me towards the front of the list um because of that um I was offered um Zoladex in the meantime which is like the UK version of Lupron I think Mm -hmm. I've heard of it no (laughs) Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I, I I've heard yeah. of it, but yeah, I I never took it or familiar. Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing all of that. And like I said, we'll be wishing that you get in very soon. Um, thank you. Is there anything that you want to add or advice to people who are listening that might be at the beginning, in the middle, or that you know somewhere in their in their endo kind of journey? Um, the only thing I would say and my mum always used to say like you know your body you know and I knew something was wrong for a really long time but you know it was such a battle and sometimes it will be a battle with healthcare um, unfortunately but I think just advocating for yourself you know like going in armed with research or information and you know if you have to insist on on treatment or a referral or whatever do it yeah because it's not worth suffering every day that's the only thing I can say and and you know your body your body better than anyone else yeah I feel like a lot of time on this podcast that's what we talk about so much is you have to trust yourself and trust your gut and I think there's a part too of of having you know an illness like endo is I I would know something was wrong but I think a part of me just wanted to be in denial because I, I wanted to fight it. And I just wanted to be Mm -hmm. like, I'm normal, you know, and and not that you're not, not normal, but like, just like, nope, I'm fine. Ignore, ignore, ignore until it's, until the pain is screaming or the nausea is screaming. And then it's, it forces you to, to pay attention to it. And I I was very guilty of that for many years. I didn't want to, to deal with it, I guess is, is how I would word it. But yeah, I think, there's like a lot of um also when you get told you're fine constantly by um medical professionals who 
you know, obviously, I don't think any medical professional has any bad intention, but being told you're fine all the time, you start to not to trust yourself and not to trust your body. Um, but yeah, you can't really ignore it. No, and you're right. I feel like when people say you're fine or it's in your head, you're right. You second guess yourself and you think maybe there isn't something wrong with me. And, you know, maybe I'm just being, um, a hy- I used to think I was a hypochondriac. I, I literally, yeah. when I would Same. go, so we say emergency room for A&E for you. And I, whenever I would have to go, I would try and not go. Even if I was like, literally, like you said, like I couldn't walk or I couldn't get up. I was like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't want to go because I'm being a hypochondriac. What if they don't find anything? <laughs> That's like my line, even now, like, what if they didn't find anything? But, yeah. you know, when you know you know well thank you Mm -hmm. so much for sharing and like I said um I'll be sending all the good vibes that you feel well and that you can get in soon for your procedure thank you so much all right thanks for coming on thank you so much for listening to this episode I really appreciate your support listening in and all of your positive feedback it means so much to me If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it if you could do that on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get more guests, helps us get higher search ranking, and I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the Cycle Podcast. Also, if you want to keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes, and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast if you want to further the conversation. And lastly, this podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor. And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again.